Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. Uh, we are a TMNT podcast. My name is Sergio. I am your host. Uh, your other host, Jeff, is with me as well. How's it going, Jeff? It's going pretty well, Sergio. How's it going for you? Uh, it's going great. Uh, I, so, Target is, they're trying their best. To get to all run, your money? To run up my credit card bill. I mean, it's, and, yeah. And and I, I'm having to practice just extreme restraint. Okay, I know that's not easy. Um, yeah, Target Target is getting all of the figures in the holothon, and I'm having to just overlook them every time I go to Target. It's 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 rough. It's real mm. rough. But it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Right. Uh, I I have some pre news 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 oh. that we need to talk about up front. Okay. At the top of the show, uh, and that Let's is, go. we have merch available, Jeff. We do indeed. Yeah, yeah. So, so we created an account on Bonfire, which uh, basically creates campaigns, uh, like limited campaigns for like 21 days to let people buy whatever they want with a specific design on it. And then after the 21 days, they print all the stuff and they ship them out. Uh, that that way they don't have to do it, you know, on demand, or they don't have they don't have to create a whole bunch of stuff up front. It's all done on kind of a order to order basis, which is really cool. That is cool. Uh, design up right now. Uh, it is the Shellheads logo tee, and <clears throat> it's a it's it's I guess it's kind of mis uh mislabeled because it's more than just a tee. You can get a pullover hoodie. You can get a crew neck sweatshirt. Just in time can, for summer. Right? <laughs> so it's not only hoodies. We also have a regular T-shirt, mm-hmm. uh, which is a classic unisex tee. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we have a premium unisex tee. Uh, but the, the cool thing is it's basically our logo minus the, you know, the multicolored background. Right. And it's available in several colors. Uh, the classic tee is available in blue, blue, orange, red, and purple, which I'll let you guess where those colors came from. Uh-huh. And the premium unisex tee is available in black, kind of a grayish, actual, actual gray, green, and white. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So ch- check it out. It's on Bonfire. The, uh, the, the, the link I will include in the show notes, uh, but... The website is bonfire.com slash store slash shellheads. No spaces, no cases. And it'll take you straight there. I'm not super happy about the prices we're having to charge, you know, because it's print on demand, basically, because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, done in this fashion. Mm -hmm. They got to be a little expensive, which sucks, but the margins aren't great. And for us to, you know, benefit at all from these things, they got to be a little expensive. But... I have ordered from Bonfire before, personally. The shirts are quality shirts. Well, that's good to know that it's not like something off Wish. No, no, no. Bonfire's legit. So, if the response is, you know, positive to these things, uh, we have a few other ideas for other pieces of merch uh, through Bonfire, and maybe through someone else, uh, because uh, we really like those logos. 
and we really want to get our name out there. We want you to you know be able to sport a T-shirt of your favorite Turtles cast if that's what we are. If not, you know every every dollar that we get out of this is going to go back into supporting the podcast. What's your opinion on these these uh, these shirts? I think they look pretty pretty awesome. Um, I'm also digging the hoodie thing to like it's it's surreal it's kind of still surreal to me to have like you know merch <laughs> yeah it's something that i've been meaning to do for a while and once once i found bonfire i was like you know what this is this is the way to go so uh, again the website is bonfire.com dot com slash store slash shellheads uh, and the campaign will only go for another what like 16 days from now mm-hmm yeah, 16 days. It will close on April 14th. So get those orders in after April 14th. That's when they'll start manufacturing them and ship them out to you. So thanks for your support. Let's get on with the show. Yeah. Uh, what is? Let's see. What's our um? What's our first segment, Jeff? It's time to see what's in Sergio's box. Ah! Yeah. So. Uh, Target did get me for some stuff, some stuff. Uh, I, I, I held off. I didn't buy any two packs, but I did get a bunch of like ultimate figures. Not a bunch. I got three, three. And there's some that I've really wanted. So you want to dive into those? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the first one is Zog. I got Zog, which of course is the giant Triceraton figure. And, when we saw those in the in like pictures, I was like, there's no way they're going to ship that that big. There's no way. Right. Well, homie is huge. Yeah. Yeah. His like he's enormous. Like the box is significantly bigger than any of the other ultimate figures in that line. Yeah, he's really he looks really good. Uh, he's super detailed uh, and he's expensive, but. It's worth it, like if you're collecting the comic book line, he's worth every penny. Uh, I also got the Shredder clones from that same line, so I have all three of the Shredders now, uh, which is the you know the the one with the forearms and then the one that's tiny. I got that one. Those are also in a pretty big box. You know, they're 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 much they seem much more scaled to the turtles. I know Zog held it to the turtles. His it's just the Triceraton is so huge. Uh, the next one I got is Man Ray. Uh, that that of course is the second of the Archie line. Uh, the first one being Slash, Man Ray being the second, uh, and I think Dreadmon and Jaguar are the other two. Mm-hmm. Those I will be getting. I have a big soft spot for those 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 adventures books. Uh, and finally. I got your boy, Jeff. Yeah? I got your boy, uh, Rex. Ah, oh, I thought you couldn't uh, find one with a good box. No, well, I ordered one through the website. Oh. And it and he came in perfectly great. All the ones that I've seen locally have had j- janky boxes. Which, is, which, of course, is something you can expect when you go into a Target store, you know? They're absolutely hitting stores. I, I, I saw a bunch of... A bunch of the gangsters, you know, the two packs of the gangsters. Uh, no one's buying those at all. So those, if, if those are your dream figures, you'll have no trouble finding those. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 
but that's it. It's all all just holothon stuff, and I'm sure there's I'm sure I'm gonna buy more because I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you have anything in your box this time? No. No. No, I missed out. Like when you messaged me about Rex, I forget what I was doing, and I missed it. So, but you know, I'll I will be on the lookout. Yeah. Yeah, all all those holothon figures are hitting the Target website um, on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so like Friday morning, I think at like nine central is when it's hitting, or eight central or something. Mm-hmm. And I think there's one more wave of those hitting this Friday. There you go. Okay, so what's next, Jeff? And now it's time for Secret of the News. Ah. Okay, we don't have too many news topics. Like we have six is what I is, is what I count here. Uh, one of them begs for a lot of discussion, mm-hmm. and I want to hit that first. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is of course. The Super 7 Wave 10. And uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of this, what what figures are in Super 7's Wave 10, like Ultimate's Wave 10? We've got, uh, so we've got Classic Rocker Leo, The Rat King, Ninja April, and Mirage Casey Jones. Yeah, that that Mirage Casey Jones is, like, that's a good looking figure. It really is. And it's surprising that that's the direction they went. Um, it, have they done any other figures in like styling? Not not to my knowledge. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so let's just pull rip the Band-Aid off here. The Rat King and April O'Neil look nothing like the original Playmates figures. Right. Presumably, they were supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And it, it, as we've said before, this this whole Super Seven line it, it has traditionally been directly based on the old Playmates figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them except for that that weird. Which one was it? The the gorilla gorilla gorilla. I think. Yeah, Magilla gorilla. <laughs> yeah, Magilla gorilla. Uh, grape ape. Um, and grape. He's still for sale. <laughs> McGill, I'm not grape ape because he's too big to fit in the store. Right. And of course, everyone, you know, the speculation. Why? Why does? Why is Rat King not designed after the the Playmates figure? Why? Why is this April so weird? Because the April looks like a like she's wearing. What is that? A gi that she's wearing? Yeah. And she has a bandana in her hair. I think she looks like, great. I don't I, like this at I, all. I, I dig. Of course you don't. I dig the style. She looks like some kind of like 80s supermodel turned ninja. That's a that's an untapped market. 80s supermodel ninjas. That, you know, <laughs> they model by day. and They're ninjas at night. I mean, come on. You're not wrong. That does seem like a really good movie. But yeah, 
this figure's just a it's it's April cosplaying as a ninja. And this this Rat King looks like 80s hair metal Rat King. Yeah. And really it, it's based on the Rat King from Shredder's Revenge. Kind of, yeah. Even that though he it, looks it, exactly like the cartoon in the game. It, well, no, like he looks I, he seen, looks like freaking wheeler from captain planet and the planeteers like the red-headed guy the red-headed like, guy okay yeah, just like the the reason this is super newsworthy is this has not come from a vetted source okay mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just gonna throw this out there but multiple people have claimed that the reason these Super 7 figures have Im- taken a hard left turn to not resemble the original figures mm-hmm. is because of Playmates. I wouldn't doubt it because guess what they're doing? They're, they're you know, uh, dipping into their uh, pie? You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're cutting into a, to a piece of their pie. Um, I, I guess maybe. It's like, no, don't let them make good figures. We don't make good figures. We kind of, kind of, but yeah. Yeah, so so the, the source is claiming that Playmates, although they had no power to do so, like they, 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 they have no power to stop Super 7 from making those figures. Yeah. Because, of course, Super 7 did their homework. So instead of going to Super 7, Playmates went to Nickelodeon and said, hey, we don't like what they're doing over there. Mm-hmm. We're the main Ninja Turtle figure company. Uh, you know, we're, we still have the license. This, they're doing us dirty. I know that legally we can't do anything about it, but you need to have them stop. Yeah. And Nickelodeon was like, you know what? You're right. You're the main figure people. I'll talk to Super 7. They went to Super 7, told them, you got you to gotta cut that out. Yeah. And if if the if the license holder is telling you to cut it out, you really don't have a choice. Right. So with that said, I'm going to uh, I'm going to call it. This line's dead. I don't know. It's like if they can get creative, like, again, I dig the April. I dig the Casey. Uh, Rat King doesn't. Look half bad if you're into heavy metal, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, there could be. I mean, look, there, I going forward, they could be weird, different variations or different takes on something. But I mean, you could be right. Maybe ten is the last. I mean, I, we don't know for sure. But you know, I guess just wait and see, folks. Yeah. Well, when I say it's dead, I'm not saying they're going to stop making figures. I'm saying they don't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. you know, they 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 need to at this point abandon trying to copy Playmates and yeah. hitch their wagon to another version of the Turtles. There's yeah. enough out there that they can figure out they, they can figure out a way. Yeah. Because uh, look at NECA like NECA has been making Turtles based on the cartoon for years now and from what from what I understand, Playmates is not complaining because they're not based on old Playmates toys, right? Because they look like they just everything just leapt, you know, off the screen. Yeah, 
And if if Super Seven says, you know, because th- this Casey Jones that's based on Mir- Mirage Comics, maybe that's the direction they need to go. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, you know, hire some people who can can leap pe- leap these turtles off the page. I don't know, mm-hmm. but they're definitely in a position. It, it, they're they're in a in a strange position right now that I hate that they're in, but I I see it. I completely see it. Yeah. That of course is assuming the playmate stuff is real and that makes that makes complete sense. Yeah, to me. And it's come from multiple sources. Mm-hmm. Not real sources, not like Super 7 themselves or like a like a a media outlet, but people close to the situation have stated this. Yeah. Or at least they claim to be close to the situation. <sighs> weird news. Weird weird news. Indeed. Uh, more weird news, Jeff. Shredder, you know, renowned gun user, the Shredder, yeah, is now in Call of Duty: Modern Warfare 2 as a playable character. I, like he looks great, he sounds good, yeah, but he a ninja. <laughs> They don't yeah. use weapons of that of the gun persuasion or yeah. the gun variety. It's a it's it's a very confusing inclusion. But but I guess he's a really popular character, you know. If, I, I guess you know putting a, a shredder skin in the game makes sense <sighs> from like a monetary standpoint. Yeah, I guess it. Come on. <laughs> uh, like he I looks mean, so cool but at the same time he looks so dumb knowing that he, sh- he should be a ninja like if they're just gonna do crap like this I'm like why can't it's like no instead of doing this why don't you give us a triple A turtles game with stuff like this you, you know what you, call, call of duty modern warfare 2 and call of duty warzone 2.0 I believe are both mature rated games. I mean, that is a plus. Which means vis-a-vis there is a chance that if this does well, if, if, if Activision and Nickelodeon make a buttload of money with this one skin in here, that could convince Nickelodeon to, 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 to say, you know what? Let's invest more money in adult Ninja Turtles content. Well, I'm I'm not I'm not even saying a, an adult related Turtles video game. I'm just talking across the board. Yeah. You know, movies, television shows, video games, even more comic books like we need to convince Nickelodeon that there's a market for it. Yeah. I mean, if I played Call of Duty, I'd I'd get this. Right. Just to have it. Yeah. So um, so weird. So weird. Uh, we have more video game news. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to take this one? Uh, need to find it. Let's see. You do. You do know the one I'm referring to, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, there's a humble bundle. Uh, Kart Club, the uh, the best indie kart racers, uh, and. In this bundle, uh, you get 
Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3 Slime Speedway uh, and Nickelodeon Kart Racers 2 Grand Prix. Um, and I don't see I don't see the first game. So just those two. Yeah, um, it's it's weird that the first one isn't there, but those are the two most recent ones. So yeah. Uh, and I, I, if if you're not familiar with how the humble bundle works, uh, it's basically for charity. You are given a bunch of games for an extremely reasonable price. In this case, to get the entire indie card racers bundle, you have to pay at least twenty bucks, and you get. That and it looks like six or seven other games. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six games in addition to those two Nickelodeon card racers. Mm-hmm. And during checkout, you can dictate how much of that $20 goes to uh, the charity that this is supporting. Mm-hmm. In in this case, the charity that is being uh, supported is Malala Fund. I don't know what that is. And women who code. So you can spend 20 bucks and make a donation to charity and get two cart racers that feature the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, you you can't you can't beat that. You can't. Uh, My my one issue here is a, a very much a Sergio thing. I don't know if I categorize anything that was funded by Nickelodeon as an indie cart racer. Right. I'm glad it's in there. You're probably using the wrong verbiage there, Humble. But that's, just, you know, it's, it's, it's a small complaint. There's also a, a Garfield cart racer, which uh, yeah. makes me even matter that we don't have a Ninja Turtles cart racer. <laughs> I mean, there's enough characters through all iterations, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're interested in those, interested in those, jump over to thehumblebundle.com. It's very easy to purchase it, uh, and if you're, you know, that you of course have to be a Steam user to get this, uh, get the benefits of this. Yeah. Uh, let's see. A little hey. piece of news here. Um, we've talked about this before, but finally the uh, Kickstarter campaign has gone up, and that is Dave Sims remastering of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number eight. The one that crossed over with Cerebus the Aardvark. Mm -hmm. Uh, He, of course, still retains rights to print that book. Uh, He has, you know, allowed both Mirage and IDW to print it in the past. Uh, He is now exercising his right to basically remaster the whole thing. And it is currently on Kickstarter. Uh, for you to purchase. Of course, uh, if you know anything about Kickstarter, you are backing a project that may or may not actually happen. In this case, it's going to happen. He this is he's been working on it for a very long time. He's published two or three different like precursor books with a bunch of uh, old images and old drawings and, and new stuff. So. I don't doubt that this will that this will ship once the uh, campaign is over. The campaign has eight days to go, and the cheapest thing you can do and still receive a copy is let's see, twenty bucks, twenty bucks, and you can get a copy of the remastered version of eight. That's not bad. 
yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of other levels you can pay and get different covers and whatnot. But <laughs> right now, the goal was five thousand uh, dollars. He has raised sixty seven thousand dollars, Jeff. Whoa, man. Yeah. Uh, and That's again, impressive. I, I don't. I, it is. It is. You know, I'm not a. I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of Dave Sim as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of his behavior in the past. Mm-hmm. However, if you're a fan of getting, you know, reprint reprints of your favorite Turtles books, you don't really have a choice. You kind of got to go through this Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Just go to Kickstarter and search. It's there. Or you can check the show notes. Uh, otherwise, let's move on. More news. What's next, Jeff? Uh, Shapeshift Records is releasing Pizza Dude's Got 30 Seconds, a 16-bit retro uh, reimagining of the score to the original 90s classic film. This is weird. Well, yeah. I don't know if I like it. I do. And it should be noted that they will on... They will be on two deluxe uh, LPs. Yeah, so so this is like chiptune stuff? Basically, yeah. And it's it's remixes of the music from the original movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I've bought some stupid LPs in the past. But if it's so it's just chiptune covers? I mean, that's what it sounds like, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. How much it's a, how much is it? Normally their stuff runs around like twenty uh to forty. The vinyl will run you about forty. Hmm. And they've so far they've done a Ghostbusters two and a Batman eighty nine one. Some really beautiful uh artwork too. This ooh, these look really nice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'll keep. I'll. I guess I'll keep an eye on it. I dig it. It's. 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 Uh, I, I don't know. It's. It's this needless. Needless mining of nostalgia. That. That just bothers me. Hey, look. I love. I love chip tunes. So I'm not saying I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the art. If it looks really good, I might. I might snag one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Let's move on. I have we have more news. All right. So on the set cinema. Currently, uh, we're going to I'm going to include a, a link to the the Facebook event. Uh, the the farmhouse that the first movie was filmed in. Mm-hmm. In Curry Curry. Yeah. Curry, North Carolina on May 5th they are having a screening of the original Ninja Turtles movie, which apparently they've, they've done this in the past. Uh, however, this time it's super special because the one and only Judith Hogue is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be watching the movie with Judith Hogue. And, uh, I would assume it'll be much like a comic con thing where you can, you know, take pictures with her and, uh, I don't know, maybe ask her some questions. I don't know. I don't know all the details on it. Uh, But you will be able to watch the first Ninja Turtles movie at the house 
that part of the movie was filmed at. Yeah. So road trip, Jeff? Uh, you know, it's a long drive. <laughs> that, that is a long drive. <laughs> yeah. I, we, we made that once and I was just like, oof, you know, I'm all about the convenience. I was like, let's just let's just fly. This doesn't look like it's anywhere near a city that would have an airport. <laughs> no, it does uh, not. I, Wilmington? Does Wilmington? I don't know. Uh, North Carolina have an airport? I don't know. If any of our listeners are from there, <laughs> uh, let us know. Yeah, if we were to leave right now, it would take 11 hours and 28 minutes to drive. Yeah. No, no thanks. A flight. Oh, yeah, we could actually uh, we can get a flight to Wilmington, North Carolina huh. for six hundred dollars. Cool. <laughs> I mean, if I pack you in my luggage, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if you're in the area or if, if you have always wanted to do something like that, this seems like a really cool event. Most definitely. So, and there I, probably will be copious amounts of pizza. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. No. And hopefully s'mores. No, no. Well, no, yes. Yeah, s'mores, there were no, s'mores. Uh, no, marshmallows. Just uh, just, just bag full of marshmallows. marshmallows. Yeah. yeah. Put those away. Oh. The, the Myers House. I guess that's what it's called. All right, cool. Uh, we have one more piece of news. Mutant Mayhem... Uh, Promotional stuff is out there now. Promo? Yeah. Merch? What, what's the best way Mutant, to refer to it? Mutant Mayhem merch. Yeah. Uh, it's That's starting to trickle in. We're getting t-shirts popping up. Uh, didn't you find some, uh, what was it, cereal? I think so, but there's like a weird logo on it. And I don't know. It looked like, you know, those little fake avatar things you can find. So I don't know if it's real or not, but I guess we'll find out. Um, I would assume we would be getting some breakfast cereal. Like they're gonna go all out for this. Yes, yes. Like it, it's especially since the movie is clearly targeting children. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine there's gonna be a lot of different. You can pro- you'll probably be able to get like Ninja Turtle toothbrushes. Everything. <laughs> yeah, with with Everything. the turtles on it. So. Uh, this black shirt with the four turtles and the turtle logo like that, that doesn't look bad. I kind of, I kind of dig it. And apparently it's on Amazon. I, there's no links in this, uh, in this tweet, but uh, I don't know, man. I'm really getting excited for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It still has like, you know, the equal parts like, you know, mixed from the fandom. You know, but, you know, whatever. That's that's everything. Yeah. So a funny story. We were recording an episode of Downset Drip the other day and uh, our buddy Alden, you know, he he was talking about Ninja Turtles and he was like, dude, you guys are so lucky. Fans are so lucky. Every five years or so, something comes out that's great. And. There's very few, you know, fandoms out there that have that. And I, I guess you're right. Like, we're kind of spoiled when it comes to content. Yeah. I mean, but we're also starved for, like, quality content. 
No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, they we're still not. Can't, they still can't get the freaking movies right, especially live action. Well, okay, in the past – since the turn of the century, Jeff, how many genuinely bad things have we gotten? Ooh. Uh, let's see, Next Mutation. Uh, the, that was before the turn of the century. Okay, I'm trying to keep up. Uh, well, both Michael Bay produced yep. movies. Those movies, that's it. Both television – or all three television shows have been really good. Yeah. The comics have been good. Mm-hmm. T- TMNT, the movie, was good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like we're kind of spoiled. Of, of course, you know, there's always going to be those fans that are like, oh, if it's not the original movies, it's nothing, which that's fine. You know, if that's your opinion, that's fine. But just, just know that outsiders looking in are jealous of the amount of content we're getting. Yeah, like it's it's one of those incredibly rare franchises that literally can just keep going no matter what. And it's changed however many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the own the only other one that I can think of that would kind of not so much as give it a run for its money, but like have as much staying power, like you know the Star Wars, you know Star Wars franchise, and then probably Transformers. Yeah, and Transformers I, and could I be say, anything. Yeah, I, I I would say Star Wars doesn't count because it's all kind of in the it's all the same universe stuff. Okay, well, let's go for Transformers then. Yeah, like because it's not like there's different iterations of Star Wars. I mean, there is, but a little bit. Yeah, but, but yeah, trans- Transformers would be yeah. more comparable, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So of course, there's so way guess- more bad <laughs> Transformers stuff <laughs> uh, compared to you know Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I can't. I can't speak to all of that. All I know is. I, when he said that, I felt really good. You know, I was like, oh, OK. Yeah. All right. So I'm not crazy thinking that all this stuff is good. Um, that does it for news, Jeff. Well, actually. You oh, say we have that. another. We say that uh, the Paramount. Paramount shop dot com has a nice fat stack listing of Turtles products. They got an original character select arcade game coffee mug i'm like and i need that in my house right now (laughs) and a bunch of other cool stuff okay yeah i i scrolled through all of it and i was like nah no 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 i I don't know why it's just none of it well i mean it's got you know it's got the uh you can shop by character which i thought was kind of cool um all kinds of light little Little stuff there. Hmm, Ninja Turtle stuff. Oh, they also have Mutant Mayhem uh, merch on it too. Mm-hmm. Already. Hmm. Oh yeah. I, what? That doesn't make any sense. What? There's a Team and T Universe shirt. That is weird. And like, Team and T Universe was a side book in the in in the IDW continuity that has since been canceled. Huh. Yeah. Which yeah. makes me think this is just some dude with Photoshop who's like, I'll make some stuff. It's entirely possible. And he doesn't know anything about the actual property. I don't know. I guess some of this stuff is okay. 
it would have been an absolute prime time to have made uh, the ooze canister like water bottle. <laughs> that needs that's to true. be a thing. Yeah, an ooze canister water bottle is that's a good call. And that, like, that seems like something that would come in a loot crate box, right? And like you've got the interior lining has that green tint to it, so no, no matter what liquid you put in there, it's going to look green. Nice. You heard it here, folks. I get like ten bucks every time that you know whatever. <laughs> My idea. Well, that's the thing. Since it's your idea, no one will ever make it. Probably. Because you've put it out there, and yeah. now they have to give you ten bucks. So they're like, eh, we'll just not make it. <sighs> Come on. Yeah, Come you gotta on. get tight-lipped, man. Come on. <laughs> Let's make this happen. So not to end news on a sad note, um, we recently just lost uh, Mike, uh, Michael Reeves, who was a very proficient um, uh, writer uh, on Saturday morning. Uh, television and other works. He wrote tons of episodes of uh, the original 80s uh, cartoon, um, including The Mean Machines, Invasion of the Punk Frogs, Enter the, Enter the Fly, Return of the Technodrome, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, the Making of Metalhead, uh, you know, and just tons of other stuff, Transformers and Dungeons and Dragons and just other shows um a lot of his stories were some of my favorites um sounds like it so um that just recently just happened so um pretty pretty big bummer um he also did a stuff for um uh batman animated series um what was was his name michael reeves it's definitely not that guy also worked on the uh, also did the screenplay uh, with a bunch of others for the uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Hmm. Well, it does suck. Yeah. So, but his work will live on in some of the best uh, things that he contributed to. So, uh, you can look him up online and check out the stuff that he did and go watch in his memory. Yes. So that does it for news. Yeah. Uh, We have a main topic, Jeff. What's the main topic? Uh, Our main topic is we are diving back into IDW. Yes, sir. But before that, a message from our sponsor. Well, wait, wait, shush. This episode of Shellheads has been brought to you by Armacola. When you want a refreshing beverage with a bite and a taste of the ocean. You pour, you reach for a can of Armacola. May cause dizziness, anal leakage, nausea, vomiting, cramps, and may not be suitable for children under three or women nursing or pregnant. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? Did you there, just make that up? Yes. Uh, well, I wrote that out because there's an there's uh, a panel of one of the uh, comics that has the shark on it, and it says Armacola. Ah, okay. Okay. All right. All right. Bravo. Good, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take a break. Stop the presses, Jeff. All the presses. 
we so we recorded this episode two days ago and and then huge news dropped like the biggest like the biggest news and so so we had to had to stop the editing process to to record something else and and, and drop this new news in uh the the news that we want to to announce right now is that the ninja turtles are coming to roblox um yeah they are it's 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 it, the the mutant mayhem turtles are going to be in roblox very soon and uh, th- that's going to make roblox a buttload of money well sure so so technically th- that's probably the biggest news that we're going to cover this week you would be incorrect if if we're talking uh, money <laughs> generating, uh, yeah, it's probably going to make more money than this other story we have. But I, before we get to the other story, uh, oh. I, I just want to throw out there that we did not mention that there is a fifth fifth episode of the Cartoonist Kayfabe out there now. Ah. Where they're talking about the fifth book, and th- there's one huge revelation in it that is in the title of the video, so it's not really a spoiler. Apparently, Marvel wanted to publish the Turtles at some at one point. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. They, they go over the details of it in that episode. It's, without a doubt, the most interesting thing that happens in it. Uh, jump over there and watch it. it, it they go over the, you know, why they turned it down and, and everything. It's cool. Uh, all right, Jeff. I've... I've, I've I've messed with you long enough. What is what? Why are we actually here? Well, if uh, you guys remember um, a couple episodes ago, we had reported about some triple A title that was rumored to be in production. Um, well, that rumor is true. And we got hit. I got hit like Roger Rabbit with a ton of bricks. <laughs> that game is actually going to be the last Ronin. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Reported this morning at about 10.45 a.m., uh, Polygon posted a story where they spoke with someone who is actually, let's see, Doug Rosen, Senior Vice President for Games and Emerging Media at Paramount Global, uh, the rights holder for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So if he does, it, like... If it's coming directly from him, it's absolutely true. Yes. And Polygon, of course, is a trusted news source. It's this is happening. And uh, they they said that there's going to be more news about it uh, later this year, Mm -hmm. which I'm really hoping there's some sort of footage. Yeah, that well, fantastic. That that would be fantastic. But uh, sadly, in the article, they did not mention a publisher. Uh, Nickelodeon is big enough to publish their own stuff. Yeah, but I don't. Mm, I don't. They didn't. Mm, oh, well, they no. didn't mention a developer. A developer, yeah, yeah, developer. yeah, yeah. Um, they, 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 I think they referred to it as a trusted developer or someone that they trust to to do it right. Uh. Which tells me it's either some no-name studio or a studio that has been, you know, put together using other studios' talent or something like that. Video game 
developers are are always you know jumping from studio to studio it's very possible that this is a, a developer full of talented people we've just never heard of before come on rocksteady that's not happening rocksteady they they're currently working on the suicide squad game that got trashed in 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 the previews and they delayed it until probably next year well you know look if you're gonna look for the name of a company it's not gonna be rocksteady uh, you know it's it's a perfect match but um but the the exciting part here is they name drop the, the the God of War reboot games, yeah, as inspiration for how this will you know this will play, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll play as the last Ronin, uh, and they suggested that there may be levels or you know periods in the game where you play as the other turtles to kind of fill in the backstory just like the comic uh, the comic book did, which is a really exciting way to handle this. Yeah. Uh, because there, there, there are many games where, you know, you, you, there's a cutscene and there's like a surprise. Oh, here's a flashback to something else, and suddenly you're the arbiter if you're playing a Halo game, you know. And and that's th- th- yes, this is exactly the game that I want to play. What about you? Yeah. Uh, one hundred percent. Um. It just has I'll, me all. I'm gonna kind of call you on that. One hundred percent may not be. I don't know, because because don't you have like a, an affinity for four player games in in the the turtles milieu? I'm gonna get in my car and drive to your house and just <laughs> hit you with something. <laughs> Look, yes, it is no secret that I love the beat 'em up genre. It is one of my favorite genres. I love those era turtles games a lot. We're getting my boy is getting his own game. That's true. That's true. I mean, come on. And what's even more exciting uh, than than you know this? Rosen said, and I'm going to read this verbatim. Uh, there are opportunities for multiple TMNT games aimed aimed at both young and more mature age groups, and that Paramount can take multiple approaches to the franchise and not dial back to make the game something it shouldn't be. This is absolutely everything that we have been wanting and begging for for the last five years that we've been doing this podcast and even longer being Turtles fans. Yeah, yeah. And what's what's wild is uh, when you go back and listen to the episode that we're currently recording, we dropped this idea like – maybe 10 minutes before this in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talk about releasing something that caters to older and more mature audiences. Like, yeah. And that being, you know, the shredder dropping in call of duty. Yeah. Yeah. Which they, which they mention in this, this article. So Mm -hmm. it's, this is the best news, the best turtles news we've heard in a while. And we are, when we're getting a movie this year, Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> not uh, 20 minutes after this was was announced, I got an IM from the one of the Downset Drip dudes, and all it said was, "Your fan base is spoiled." <laughs> <laughs> with with the uh, the link to this article, 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I've always said that Turtles games have been hamstrung by the idea that you could play as any of the Turtles and you could play with your buddies because there's only so much you can do with a game that has to be four players. Yeah. And this, like, I did not see this coming because The Last Ronin is a unique situation where you're playing in the Turtles world, but there is only one main character. Mm-hmm. You know, that is unique. It's unique in that you can build a game around this very, very easily. Yeah. And I could, you know, and the the one game that I can think of that, you know, had the going back and forth between the main character and other characters was Marvel's Spider-Man, which handled it pretty well. I hated those stealth missions, <laughs> <laughs> which were just dumb. Like, I don't want to play as these characters, but you now probably in Spider-Man 2, you know, we're going to be able to switch between back between Peter and Miles. So... You know, yeah, but, but but there's not going to be situations in that game where you have two players playing as both Spider-Man at the same this time. This is – yes, this is true. Well, there, at know. least it hasn't been announced. Right. I was like the, – the the one thing I can think of was a, what uh, Gotham Knights was a four-player, and you could just, you know, play online. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was not received well. No. It was so uh, th- th- I – this is the right direction to go. I'm really excited to hear who the, the developer is. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's someone good at this. And they do say the word AAA game. We will see. Yeah. Because I will believe that it's AAA when it's released. And it's because that is that's a that's a tall task to make a, a, a AAA game. A it lot really of the games is. that you a lot of the games that people play and say, oh, this is a AAA game. It is not. Yeah. Just because it's good does not mean it's AAA. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. I, I'm. My excitement is through the roof. Yeah. I, like, I, let's do the math here. The last Ronin, the book, uh, concluded in what, 2021? Yeah. Something like that. It says here 2020, but I don't think, like, I don't think it compl- concluded in 2020. If. If they started working on the game in 2020, and it's now 2023, the beginning of 2023, if this is truly a AAA game, it's not going to hit shelves till at least 2025. Yeah. Or or 24. Late 2024. Yeah. At the earliest. If If they come out with information and say, oh, it's coming out this fall, this is not a AAA game. Yeah. There's just there's just no way. But uh, again, I, 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 I don't know why my mind is getting caught up on that. It shouldn't. I'm just excited it's happening. Yeah. And we we've and we we should be fans should be. It seems as if fans are really excited by what I've seen online. So uh, I guess at this point we, we get back to our regularly scheduled podcast. Indeed. Uh, and thanks for letting us uh, throw this little addendum in. And we're back. All right, Jeff. Uh, we spent a lot of time in that first segment. Mm-hmm. Let's tear through these IDW books because, if I'm being honest, only half of them are any good. Mm. Ooh, 
starting to kind of slip a little bit. No, no, it, it's just there was a weird creative decision made uh, in some of these. And, and we'll get to that. Uh, we read the Casey and April miniseries and books number, what, 51 through 55? Yes, that is correct. Uh, of course, all of these are part of the main IDW canon, and they pretty much happen in that order. Uh, the Casey and April stuff, uh, they, they go on their own little journey, and then there's books 51 through 55 once they return. So uh, I'm just going to ask you what I always ask you, Jeff. Ask you, Jeff well, how'd it go? How'd you like it? Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Casey and April stuff has, has a very different tone. It's definitely trying to fill in some some uh, some backstory, you know, just kind of give you more of an understanding of the Pantheon. Mm-hmm. The five books in the the regular run, not much actually happens. Yeah. And I guess that's fine. It's just a lot, it's a lot of filler and a lot of uh, here's the fallout from, you know, Shredder's death in issue 50. Mm-hmm. It's it's more of a kind of a level set. But when it comes to like action and actual things happening that matter that much, mm-hmm. I don't I just don't see it. Is Is that where you sit? Yeah, it feels kind of like just like this all kind of feels like filler. It really does. Like if this was an anime, I'm not but I understand that there's a lot of filler episodes in anime. Yeah, it depends on the series, but yeah. Yeah. And I I I, I love the IDW series and and these I, I wouldn't call any of these bad. Mm-hmm. They just seem like they're moving very slowly yeah and at at this point they stopped doing five or they stopped doing four issue runs and started doing five issue runs and what what i mean by that is when you buy the trade for these books it's numbers one through 50 or 51 through 55 the, the first 50 issues is basically four issue chunks and I don't know if that caused this story to like stretch itself out a little longer or if they're still getting the, the hang of of it being in a, a five issue chunk, but it just doesn't have it doesn't punch as hard as everything before it. And it also doesn't that there's a stark art change. Right. You know, Mateus Santalogo Santalogo is not on this on the book right now. And I think that might be the last time he was on the book. That I'll have to look up. I can't remember. Right. And like <clears throat> now those issues just don't they don't hit as hard. But we'll get to the ongoing book when we get there. Let's first start with the April and Casey miniseries. Uh, and honestly, when they announced this, I was pretty excited that April and Casey were finally going to get their, you know, get their story. You know, we get to learn more about both these characters and more importantly, learn more about their relationship. Uh, and, and at this point in the story, they are together. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote. 
boyfriend, girlfriend, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) And nothing tests a relationship more than a road trip. And so this is this is that story. Uh, I'm going to jump into book one. April has the scroll that she got from the professor that was then murdered immediately after that. And she's driving her and Casey are driving to the middle of the desert uh, in the VW microbus that April has to figure out what they can figure out about this scroll and the history of the Pantheon. Uh, During this trip, it's it's obvious in the car that. They don't really know what to talk about. They're just kind of. Casey is very short with April. April doesn't really know how to how to break through that barrier. And there, there's obviously some tension in their their conversations. They stop at a roadside bar or roadside roadside cafe to get some food. And it does not take long with it does not take long for Casey to get into a a tussle with some locals. Some local yokels. Some local yokels, yeah. Uh, after basically being kicked out of the cafe, they they leave. April is not happy. She does not like this rough and tumble Casey that you know we're 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 seeing in this at this moment. They stop to get gas, and at the gas station, this old man uh, during an argument with April and you know and Casey, they basically backed the microbus into the truck, into this old man's truck, which there's no way they could have done that much damage, but we learn later why that 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 happened. The old man says, uh, well, I I can't really fix it right now. I need you to go drive to my sister's house and tell her what happened, and then she's able to, you know, whatever. And also, hey, if you need to go do what you got to do, you can take my motorcycle. So basically he convinces April and Casey to separate from each other and go on their own individual journeys. We find out at the end of this book that that old man is actually the rat King. A member out in the desert. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, you're right. He's, he's, which the rat King is very good in these books, by the way. Uh, Of course he is a member of the Pantheon and we learn that they're basically a, bunch of immortal beings that are playing basically a a long game of chess with humans and the earth to cause chaos and 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 basically beat their their siblings at this this eternal game right and that is the rat king's move is to sow chaos and he knows that april and casey are important to the turtles and he he knows that they can be used as tools in his chaos and this is how he's setting the pieces in motion by separating them, sending them in, in opposite directions. I think I like this first book. Yeah. What about you? You know, it's your your typical, you know, road trip out into the desert, you know, type story, which we've seen so many times. Um, I've seen too many horror movies and know how <laughs> stuff plays out, which I do not want to travel into the desert. <laughs> Because those hills have eyes, Sergio. Yeah, yeah. Just the thought that if you break down, there's not a gas station for like a hundred miles. <laughs> oh no. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh uh, yeah, that's real scary. Or there's that you know that one gas station where you know like oh we got to order the part. How long's gonna take? Six weeks. Ooh. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah there, there's also a real fear and loathing in Las Vegas vibe. Yeah. To to to, to what's going on here, and I was ex- it was weird to see Casey and April's relationship be on the rocks from the jump. Yeah. You know, I I, I figured. You know, they were going to go with the, the softball approach and be like, here's here's them falling in love. Here's, you know, th- this this is a story that could be digestible by, you know, a larger female audience, mm-hmm. which is a very stereotypical thing for me to say. And it's that's it, it, not necessarily what I think, but I can see them thinking they can market it that way. Right. And that's not what they're doing at all them immediately being in a weird place on this road trip is kind of a bold move considering the two characters they're, they're spotlighting here. Yeah. Uh, I, I do love that they're putting so much Pantheon responsibility story-wise on this, this, this four issue series, which kind of sucks for people who didn't, didn't read the side books. If you're just reading, you know, one through a hundred or whatever, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. Yeah, by not reading this, but I don't know. This, this first book shows promise. I don't know if the books after it really pay off that promise, but we'll see. Okay, issue two starts where the other one left off. Uh, Kay, Casey and April have been separated, going in different directions. April is going to uh, talk to the old man's quote-unquote sister, and Casey has continued the journey to you know figure out what's going on with the the scrolls and the pantheon and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Casey, well, first April finds uh, a, a young mother of of ki- two kids who is broken down on the side of the road. helps them uh, helps her change a tire. Uh, during this uh, process, she's kind of uh, taking stock of her relationship with Casey. Casey stumbles upon some desert people. Basically, I guess the easiest way to put it is. Like deserts. Yeah. 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 Probably drinking some. They're probably taking some ayahuasca. You know, just just being desert hippies. And he very quickly was like, "There's nothing here," and and left. From there, there's a, just a lot of miscommunications between April and Casey. Their phones can't really connect to each other, probably due to the Pantheon or specifically due to the Rat King. April finds the the trailer that the sister is supposed to be in and Casey goes back to the gas station because he can't get in contact with April and the gas station is all old and decrepit along with the truck is old and decrepit and Casey immediately thinks this there's something fishy going on. He can't get in contact with April. April walks into the the trailer and it's empty and it's a long room and Here's where it goes completely off the rails for me. I, I don't understand the, the the sending them in different directions and having the, the desert hippies and, and this. And I do understand that, you know, this is supposed to test their relationship and they're supposed to do some personal reflection at this point. But I don't think it's very effective. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's more of like a psychological thing. You know, and like just dealing with them separately and stuff, you know, but it was kind of it was it was a little strange. But, you know, the Rat King is, you know, does like playing with people's minds. 
So, yeah. And in psychological I, I, warfare is, I mean, you got a slasher movie and you got a psychological horror. Which one is going to mess you up more? One that messes with your mind? Yeah. I would think. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess. I, I just... Hmm. I just feel like he played his cards too soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. You know, I, I don't know if he... Let's let's just jump into to, to book three. Okay, issue three. So so at this point, both Casey and April have stepped into very surreal settings. Uh, April is in this in this building, what is basically the the trailer, but it definitely doesn't look like a trailer. And it's dark. She ends up seeing uh, like visions of her past and her talking to her father. Casey walks through a door and then falls down into a, a big room. He, he, he doesn't know what's going on. He's, he's having to face his past demons. The rat King is, is shown dining with his sister, Aka, which is Aka. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's, it's basically a woman with wings for arms. Uh, then there's a whole bunch of psychological weird stuff that, the Rat King is putting both Casey and April through. I, I, I just don't know if any of this stuff is effective. We, yeah. we get we get way more story out of the, the, the panels with the Rat King and Aka than we do the stuff with Casey and April. And eventually, Casey and April both stumble into a room where there are columns, like big rock columns that they have to climb across to, to get to each other. And they they climb across, they do get to each other, and then they jump together and land inside what I what we must assume is the trailer, and that is when the Rat King reveals himself. This is just a lot of nothing for me. I'm sorry. You know, yes, we are getting some some like emotional backstory for both characters, and there is value in that, mm-hmm. but. To have so much of it in these books mm-hmm. doesn't do the books justice. Yeah. You know, this sprinkled across five or ten books in the, this, the, the standard story, you know, in the ongoing, might have been a, a better approach. But I, I just am not entertained by what, what we're reading here. What about you, Jeff? Yeah. Like I, you know, if I like pick this up on a newsstand and or at a comic shop or whatever, and just kind of thumb through it, I'm like, mm, nah. <laughs> I mean, up until this point, you know, uh, give or take, you know, the micro series have been, you know, rather entertaining. Um, but it just kind of feels like just you know these just so far feel rather weak. And like, you know, just bad B-movie plot type deals. Yeah, yeah. Or like if I were to, if any Turtles movie or if any Turtles movie could be described as Oscar bait, I feel like this miniseries would be Oscar bait. Where we're going to get super cerebral and we're going to try to tell a story that we're not quite capable of doing in this universe 
but we're doing it because we want to be taken seriously on a critical level. Mm-hmm. And I just I just don't know if if maybe it's just above me. I, I don't know. I, I'm just not getting much out of it. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. Yeah. OK, well, let's move on to book four uh, and get this out of the way. Book four. So this one finally gets to the point. And I, <clears throat> that is relieving. Uh, the Rat King walks April and Casey to what is basically a dinner table uh, where her where his sister uh, Aka is there. And uh, he explains that he's the Rat King. He's the maker of kings and chaos. And from there, they get a, a quick and dirty explanation of who the Pantheon is, uh, what has been going on for centuries, basically since the beginning of time, and what the scroll is. Uh, the scroll is a small piece of the Pantheon's family tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then give a bit more uh, backstory on what exactly that is uh, and how the game is played. And it's, they're basic. They explain that the the humans are pawns in the game, and each member of their family is working to to to, to, to basically to win the game. Aka and the Rat King separate the two. Casey going with the Rat King and Akka taking April. And the Rat King is just toying with Casey because he, you know, he feels that there's a lot of vigor in him. Uh, and what, what was it said? If we if we broke this one in half, we'd find a burning flame, which that's a cool line. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and Akka basically wanted to tell April there's a war coming. You know, my, my, my siblings and I are gathering it like things are going to be bad but you are important in this game is basically what she's telling April. And it's a very ominous little, you know, meeting that she has with her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, she gives her a, basically a speech about change. And the, that speech is supposed to mirror what her and Casey are going through mm-hmm. in their relationship. So, I, you know, the metaphor there is strong enough to, to, to easily be interpreted. I don't know if it really reflects in these comics what that change is going to be, because, you know, after their their encounter with the two uh, with the two beings, uh, with those two characters, they just kind of appear back at the outside of the or back where they were outside of the gas station and outside of the, the trailer. They meet back up. They start driving home. Uh, they. They stop their the little you know little fight they were having in the car. They there's there's a <laughs> they make out and then they drive home. Uh, you can see on April's face though that it's not quite perfect, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where it's that's where it ends. Uh, it th- this is the best of the four issues. It gets to the point. It it is. Uh, I, I feel like this might could have been handled as a single issue. Yeah. Uh, in the main book, uh, what would what, what'd you think? I agree. Like this, this this was the best book uh, issue out of the four. Um, and, and hey, we finally see the turtles for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or at least two of them. <laughs> we get to see, you know, the Rat King's apparently been long for uh, a, around. 
I mean, for a long time. So he's influenced a lot of stuff over the decades. Um, and what looks to be President Nixon? That makes sense. Yeah, they're like that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, they just love poking fun at Nixon. Um, <laughs> such an easy target. Um, it, you know, when I, if I'm in a situation where I'm at, you know, somewhere unexpected, and I'm just, I'm really hungry, and the first, and there's there's creepy people or questionable people around. The first thing I'm thinking, I ain't gonna eat that food. I've seen movies. I've watched the TV shows. I know what happens next. One, yeah, yeah. you're either going to get, you know, killed from eating it, pass out, or lose some vital organs and wake up in a bathtub full of ice. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I like both my I, kidneys, Sergio. I would argue that they don't need pizza to do any of that. No, they don't. You know, and, and, and that in and of itself kind of says that justifies, you know, I'd have this pizza. This is this is kind of a, you know, an olive branch in the shape of a pie. Yeah. Uh, but you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That is weird. <laughs> yeah, this this book does a good, good job of reestablishing the Rat King as the threat that he is. Yeah. You know, he he's mysterious. You don't quite know what he's doing. He is going to speak in in pseudo riddles and you, it's going to be significantly creepy, m- more so than any other version of the Rat King. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think I have anything else. It, it's the best one of the of the four. I just wish that they would have gotten to it a bit faster. Yes, it could have been like a two issue thing. Yeah. But let's get to the meat of this this discussion, Jeff. Mm, the meat. The yeah yeah. Uh, let's get to issue fifty one of the ongoing. Issue fifty one. Uh, this takes place after fifty, and of course the turtles and Splinter are now leading, or more specifically, Splinter is leading the Foot Clan. Uh, Raphael, Leonardo, and Donatello are members of it now, and are basically policing the criminal element of New York. And that's how the book opens up. Uh, they're fighting a bunch of gangsters in town and they stumble upon a group of masked cloak wearing, basically a goon squad that has the ability to disappear and phase in and out of objects. Kind of like an Ant-Man 2. Kind of like in Ant-Man 2. Yes, very much like that. Uh, they, the Turtles establish that we don't kill people, and one of the, 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 the foot assassins that's with, with them it doesn't want to not kill people. And, you know, she's used to killing people, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah. The, they're desperately trying to make sure that the, the foot's stranglehold on the city remains even though they're not an evil empire anymore uh simply to make sure that chaos does not reign in town michelangelo who refused to join in on that fun is now on his own uh and just kind of stopping crimes in town like a, a like a superhero do uh and 
he has a scene with Raphael where he explains what's going on, and it's it's kind of a, a refresher as to where the characters stand, right? Immediately after that, Mondo Gecko shows up, and he's like, hey, you looking for a family? Well, I got one. You can join, which is cool. We'll get to that next issue. The more important thing here is Agent Winter uh, is spying on the conversation, uh, doing reconnaissance for an unnamed, seemingly government organization. We'll get hmm. back to that as well. Hmm. April, uh, she's taking care of Kitsune, who is now basically a prisoner of the Foot Clan. Splinter, not willing to kill her, also not realizing he can't kill her, has basically has her up in some faux prison, feeding her and letting her paint. Uh, and we find out that she has some sort of uh, psychic connection to Alopex, which we will, of course, get to in later issues. Uh, D- Donatello wants to uh, figure out what's up with the phase technology that the 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 uh, the goon squad was was using. What was the name of that? The 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 name of the gang, the ghost something. Yes, and that goon squad, as of right now, is unnamed. All we know is that one of them is named Jammer, which comes from the 2K3 cartoon, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it ends with... Hold on. What we learn uh, from the conversation Donatello has with Harold, because he went to Harold with this this thing. Hey, I, there was technology I've never seen before. And Harold's like, that's my technology. I made that with my partner years ago. And they stole it from me and blah, 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 blah. He's he's really salty because apparently he made that stuff. So the turtles are kind of have a leg up on understanding what it is because Harold, the scientist, is the one who invented it. Uh, The last section here is Darius Dunn. Uh, Gang leader Darius Dunn uh, is the leader of this of Jammer and his his invisible cloaked dudes. Uh, And. They're approached by the foot assassin who was not getting her way, and she feels like the the foot need to be taken over, or at least dealt with. And that's to be continued. So there was a lot of exposition in this book, where where some uh, you know some comics take what fifteen minutes to read. This one has so much so many words that this one took a while to read. It did. Uh, and th- this is very much of here's where the story is, and here is a whole bunch of words explaining where the story is going. And I absolutely appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think? I I really enjoyed it. The art kind of gives me like the you know like the '90s movie feel uh, to it at times. I'm not as huge a fan of this art, just kind of in general. Um, but you know, it, it gets the job done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of, of the art, but you know, you, you can't like every single artist, right? True. Um, I really liked seeing new, uh, new bad guys get introduced. That's always, yep. uh, nice when they add some new flavor to it. Yeah. And, and Darius Dunn is also pulled from the 2K3 series. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, he was the guardian of Cody Jones in the 
fast forward season. Oh, yeah. So God, it's been so, forever since we watched that. So, oh yeah, it, it's I. I when I first read this years ago, I was like, I know that name. Where'd that? And I had to look it up because Darius Dunn is a, it's a very good name, but if you, if you haven't seen that show in a while, it's not just going to jump off the, you know, jump out of your brain. Mm-hmm. He also, I believe he created the dark turtles or at the very least commissioned the dark turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a different, that's, that's for a different day. Uh, I really like jammer. They're really weaving Everything that they've established from the Mutanimals to uh, Harold uh, and his history as a scientist to the, you know, the Foot Clan stuff, like everything is weaving together really nicely at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but we still have a lot of a lot of story to go. Uh, any final thoughts on 51? Mm. Let's see. Try and see if there's any. It's just like, you know, and it's it's been a while since we've read these and I keep forgetting. I was like, oh, wait, it's like Splinter's in charge of the Foot Clan. It just feels so weird. Right. Um, But it's kind of like that welcome change um, to what we're always kind of used to. Um, And in the sense of this, when when we have this this story um if if those of you remember from last time that we talked about these books uh that came before these issues uh it kind of separated the family mainly mikey was right. just not okay with this and so he was like i'm i can't deal with this i'm out and so you know you're starting to kind of get more of that um you know seeing him dealing with what's going on and we get the introduction of the grappling hook <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> uh that stupid grappling hook um but yeah it's just it's 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 taking some getting used to yeah yeah and i think it's supposed to it's it's supposed to be uncomfortable yeah you know splinter's a good guy why is he you know leading the foot clan and just practically speaking where's the foot clan getting funded? Cause if you're not stealing things, right. How are you managing this empire? I mean, maybe there's like a, well, you know, in the games and stuff, all the foot soldiers had different jobs. Like they worked at the food court in the mall. And maybe there's a, maybe there's a foot accountant, you know? So, that, so basically the, the foot is a, a union. It could be, you know, we got some foot CPAs up in there somewhere. Uh, I, I'm, I don't doubt it. That's funny. Anybody out there wants to make a custom foot CPA figure, do it. <laughs> you, you got time. It's tax season. So dur- dur- during the day, I'm a lawyer at night. I'm a foot ninja. Exactly. Uh, all right. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to issue 52. So we kick off the, the book with, Alopex and Leonardo kind of sparring uh, and reestablishing that the Splinter is serious about cleaning up the the, the, the Foot's image and their actions. Uh, we then cut to Angel, who stumbles upon Casey Jones doing some vigilanteing uh, on the streets. Uh, you know, he refers to it as community service. 
uh, which established what he's up to. He also mentions that him and April are kind of doing their own thing right now, claiming that there's nothing wrong with their relationship, which I'm not buying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Splinter, having received the information from April that she got from the Casey and April storyline, uh, approaches Kitsune and is like, hey, I, I hear that you're doing bad things. And she's like, you've had me imprisoned here ever since your ascension, you know, to Saki's throne. Uh, there's no way I'm involved, right? And of course she's involved. Of course she is. Of course. Yeah. Uh, during that conversation, Splinter is attacked by not only the foot assassin that he upset last issue, but also several street phantoms as they phase through the walls. Uh there is a battle, and oh, what's going? There's a lot of battle here, and dis- despite the street phantoms and uh, the the rogue assassin having the jump on everybody, the street phantoms end up fleeing, with the assassin being revealed as Jenica, a short-haired blonde girl who. Becomes a bigger part of the story. Hmm. Hmm. It's a pretty big part of the story, but we yeah. we're a long way from that. Uh, and instead of immediately murdering her, like the Shredder would have, uh, Splinter takes a very different approach, and uh, you know, gives her an opportunity to earn her like earn his forgiveness. And this really this really affects her in a way that. It, it's it's hard for the, the the page to really communicate. I see where they're going with it. I don't know if they do a good job of communicating that. You know, you're you were just trying to kill the splint the splinter, just trying to kill Splinter, and now she's like, oh, oh wow, I'm so sorry I did that. You know, it was, it was a really hard hard left turn there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see that Michelangelo is now at the Mutanimals hideout. Uh, ready to have a party. Uh, it's then revealed that the group that has been spying on Mikey and Mondo is Darkwater. Hmm. Yeah. Do, where do we know Darkwater from? Is that also the 2K3 series? That's a very good question, Sir Jim. I feel like we know that from... Yes, no, actually, Darkwater was in the original cartoon show. Oh, ooh, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so that's that's a I I knew that they were in something. I just did not remember which one. Uh yeah, and and it agent Alex Winter. He was at, yeah, Alex not Winter and Wesley Knight. Uh so Jeff, what do you think of this sec this uh 52? You know, it's just it's it's much like the previous one. Uh, just you know, it's just continuing uh, to build. Um, I definitely enjoyed these more than the uh, April and Casey micros. Um, you know, we get some fantastic fight fight panels uh, in this. Um, well, let's see. Uh, I love the training sequence. Uh, between uh, Alipex and Leo. Uh, that's always 
nice to see, but we know something's off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it all just still feels so uncomfortable, you know, them taking <laughs> orders from, you know, the foot soldiers taking orders from Leo. And it's like, ah, come on. Yeah. It's like turning Megatron from Transformers into a good guy. It just does not fit. And it makes me uncomfortable, and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like it, but I really appreciate it as a storyline. Right. Well, I mean, like the Megatron thing, but like this, you know, it's it's I'm not far, you know, nearly as harsh on this as I am that because that's no (laughs) don't change that. Well, let's move on to 53. This one opens up with Michelangelo and the surprise party at the Mutanimals facility, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, there's a bunch of reintroductions, a lot of highs, a lot of uh, giving backstory on what's what's going on and why he's alone. And it's it's just a, you know, kind of a catch up for the, the characters. Uh, and Hob basically offers him to, hey, do you want to? Join us, because I know that you're not really doing the splinter thing anymore. Uh, Casey and Raphael have a scene on a roof uh, where they're both kind of catching up on what they're doing. We learn that Pigeon Pete is like a genius checkers player, which is weird. Very weird. <laughs> the the, uh, the Mutanimals talk Michelangelo into joining them for an assault on a weapon weapons facility, promising that the guns they have don't actually kill anybody. They're like laser guns. There's a scene with April and her mother uh, discussing the future and, you know, what, what April is trying to accomplish and, you know, where her career is going to go. And it's, it's, it does a really good job of, of framing the relationship between, you know, mother and daughter. I I really liked this the, the, that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then see the assault on the weapons facility with the 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 mutanimals and Michelangelo. Uh, those a lot of those guns don't look like laser weapons. Just for nope. the record. Nope. Uh, yeah. After they you know they secure the weapons that they are gonna you know they promised to dismantle destroy. Hob is like, all right, you guys go back to the compound. I'll take care of these, which, of course, Michelangelo is very uh, suspicious of, as he should be. Uh, Darkwater was, of course, spying on that entire uh, fight. Darius Dunn is very unhappy that the street phantoms weren't able to uh, take out the the Foot Clan. They have all this expensive... uh, like the expensive weaponry and expensive cloaks, and they're still not able to to take out the foot. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Michelangelo and the mutanimals have a, are continuing to have a pizza party. And when he sees uh, Hob leave for some boss stuff, he's like, Hey, excuse me for a second. He then follows, or he actually jumps on the back of of the truck that Hop is driving to figure out what what he's doing. He he does not trust that cat. Yeah. Uh, he finds the weapons that that were supposed to be destroyed are actually being given to Hun, or Hun is involved in the transaction, which can't be good. 
here's where the rubber really meets the road. Uh, The Michelangelo story is going somewhere. The Darius Dunn stuff is making more sense. Uh, Even the April and Casey stuff is kind of coming to a head. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I, I really liked this one because stuff happened. Stuff was like the story is moving. What'd you think? I enjoyed this one as well. Um, Art's better. Um, uh, For sure. Um, I really like like just like the little moments like Raphael is like you know checking on Casey it's just like it's it's not like hey let's go fight crime it's just like kind of just like a just a moment you know yeah it's like hey I'm just kind of checking in seeing what's going on you know yeah yeah I I really liked the the dynamic with the mutanimals because you can see there is a family there yeah you know, they get along, they understand that there aren't very many mutants in the world, and they have each other's backs. The only real problem is Hob is a jerk. He yeah. is a, a dishonest, does not, is not coming clean with any of them as to what he's actually doing. Hob is terrible. I think without if, if they had a different leader, like like if, let's, let's say, Sally or, or even Ray stepped up and just took charge, the Mutanimals could be amazing. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so like, again, everything's moving forward. What else you got? Um, let's see here. Um, um, <laughs> it's just like, you know, uh, of all the things to put Pete in charge of, you, you put him in charge of the food. Well, oh, why? Yeah. No. <laughs> D- don't. Even after he's proven he can't cook, you're still like, just go ahead and cook, bro. Just just cook. Yeah, just get him out of our hair. Um, <laughs> let's say he's the cousin Oliver of the bunch. But That's even, a reference I don't get. Cousin Oliver was played uh, by Robbie Wrist on the Brady Bunch, a.k.a. 90s Michelangelo. Uh, yeah, okay, I know who Robbie actor. But even Rob, even Cousin Oliver had some charm to him. Um, a Brady Bunch reference. My God. Hey, there's a connection to Turtles. I mean, it's I there. Know. It's I, there. Look, you're, there. You're, you're right. But I would say probably the dumbest thing in this book is his Mondo is like, oh, I'm going to turn invisible except for my pants and this, skate, <laughs> and my, and this skateboard. I'm like, uh, is that a, are those pants on a skateboard? What's, what's happening right now? I'm freaking out. That's funny. That's my biggest nitpick, uh, of this whole, of this whole issue. But, you know, anytime you got characters, it, everybody knows bad stuff goes on down at the docks. No, oh, um, of course. Always. Always. And you got shipping containers that you can ship vehicles stolen goods people you know whatever um it's it's usually the sketchy uh ships that have those weird names um but 
<laughs> there's a moment where you know they're you know the the mutanals are fighting these guys and it's like Ray's just got one of the guns and it's like <laughs> shoots one of the dot like thugs. I was like, you know, I think that guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he looks super dead to me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, did they just lie to him and say that these are laser guns? Because they just look like regular guns in a lot of cases. I mean, laser guns still kill. I mean, I've, 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 I've seen... set them to stun, right? Well, yeah, that's different. I mean, in Star Wars, you have stun and kill, you know, modes or whatever. And yeah. at least um, even Star Trek has, you know, that for their phasers. But, uh, oh, that's not that does not apply to every laser gun. <laughs> Well, I, I guess in fiction it can apply to whatever laser guns you need it to, to apply to. Yeah, this is true, but like that dude looks dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any nuggets before we move on? Um, not really any that I can see. Um, I do like that we, uh, you know, we continue to see that kind of like that. Uh, older brother, younger brother relationship, you know, uh, for a friendship with uh, Slash and Mikey. Yeah. You know, very similar to, um, you know, Michelangelo and Leatherhead uh, yep. and, and other uh, media, um, mainly 2K12. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Okay. Um, but other than that, no, I mean, this is, you know, it's just, it's moving right along, you know, and it's just, it's, you know, I'm digging it more than, you know, the other issues. Rightfully so. Yeah. Issue 54. So Michelangelo is at the docks and he immediately gets in a fight with Hun, which usually happens when Hun is in the room. Yeah. The mutanimals are like, hey, where'd Mikey go? What's what's up? Well, Mondo reveals, hey, I, I saw him. He left with. Hob, wherever they were going, uh, I, like, he kind of snuck away. Well, Sally decides, you know what? If Mikey s- snuck away with with Hob, we need to go. We need to follow. Let's head. Let's head to the docks. They get into the van and they head. They get into a van and head to the docks. Right. Uh, cut to Hob, Hun, and Mikey, and they're still just bickering, more fighting. Hun is going full Hun. Even even Hob is getting punched a time or two. Uh, then we see the mutanimals show up and they're trying to sort out exactly what's going on. Why is why is Hun here? What are you doing with the guns? And Hun then basically goes into his in, into manifesto mode, and he he's basically talking about my goal is to preserve the you know the lives and life and 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 is the betterment of mutants. And I will do that by any means necessary. And you know that at some point they're going to come for us with weapons that do kill, and we're going to have to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to steal what you need from bad guys. And basically, it's a, basically going full-on Magneto. Uh, while Michelangelo's like, no, we have to go full Xavier. So this this kind of creates a divide with a lot of the 
with, with a lot of the characters. Most of them are still on board with with uh, Old Hob. Some of them are on board just because they're family. Some are on board because of uh, like just full on. I agree with you. But it does create a huge divide between the Mutanimals and Michelangelo, one that he's not able to overcome. He says goodbye to Slash, uh, and they go their separate ways. Michelangelo is yet again alone. Uh, He left his real family, left this potential adopted family, and he's just – she's on the docks just crying. It's really sad. It's very sad. Uh, the book ends with Sergeant Sergeant Alex Winter and Colonel Knight outside of Burno Island reporting to Agent Bishop mm-hmm. what their reconnaissance has uh, has led to, which is a big deal. Is this the first we're seeing, Bishop? I think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think so as well. Th- so this one, this is a really sad issue. It, it is very mutanimal heavy, um, almost completely. Uh, what'd you think? I enjoyed this one um, as well. You know, I did not, I wasn't like prepared for, you know, kind of like the emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Um, I knew at the end of the previous issue when as soon as I saw Hunt, I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. Yeah. So unlike uh, the 2K3 Hun, where, you know, there's not much substance to his character. He's just hired muscle and that's it. There's a lot of layers to this version of Hun. Um, he's equal parts insane, mm-hmm. a drunk, very much. I want to be a self-made man, and <sighs> incredible Hulk meets <laughs> brick wall meets yeah, yeah. unstoppable Terminator. No matter what you throw at this guy or do to him, it's not gonna matter. Like zero percent body fat, except for his fat head. <laughs> He's unstoppable, and that's absolutely terrifying to have a character that, like you know, has almost little to no weaknesses. Because yeah. like I don't want to face this guy. No one does one on one. No. And I was like, no, nah, screw Hun. Just take out my boy. I'm like no. No, <laughs> he's already emotionally drained, uh, yep. Mikey. So his is so his head's not completely, you know, in the game. But just going alone, he's no match. Uh, yeah, it's like especially not knowing what he's going into. Yeah. So, you know, the fight, the fight with Mikey. I, <laughs> uh. <laughs> when he freaking bet him. I'm like, how are you going to get out of this stranglehold? I'm like, well, you use your giant chomper teeth. <laughs> like, like sometimes you just got to resort to fighting dirty, man. I mean, look, whatever, whatever works, you know, uh, as George Costanza said, you know, like with a groin or, you know, pull hair, groin stuff, whatever you got to do. Yep. Uh, and this, this, oh, man, you know, seeing Mikey just thrown around like a freaking, you know, rag doll. 
it hurt. It hurt so much. He's already in a lot of pain emotionally, uh, and now he's in it physically. <laughs> um, yeah. The thing that the, the IDW books do so well is, you know, they they build on the storytelling, um, and they just do a, a really good job of kind of keeping that narrative uh, going with just. You know, a lot of just fantastic cohesion, unless it's the some of the micro uh, miniseries. Um, yeah, those, yeah, those, those, and 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 those are usually written by different writers. You know, obviously they need to hit certain story beats to fit with the main, but they they kind of farm those out because you know the, the main writers can't write two books a month for you know ten years. Right, right, and it's like it, with. With this, it's not as a complicated, uh, you know, uh, story, you know, like universe, like say Star Wars, where it's over every kind of freaking iteration that you could possibly think of that has to have the the strictest of guidelines with like how does this line up with this and this and then I, I more power to those people doing all that because. That's that's a nightmare. That's like it's like a TSA, uh, you know, guy. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's like an air traffic controller. You got to keep a lot of track of a lot of stuff. Right. Right. You it's know? very stressful. Yeah. But I'm sure they have it down to a science. There's probably whiteboards and whatever. Anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, it would, would be nice to have a little bit more cohesion. Um, uh, with with the with the minis, uh, anyway, um, I really I really like this issue a lot, but then it come in comes our boy Slash to uh, save the day, but not really. <laughs> Even he's not a match for freaking Hun, and it's just oh man, I love this version of him so much. <laughs> yeah. Like the slash stepped into an interesting situation where like Hun is technically working for Slash's boss. Yeah. You know, so like if if we're if we're doing allegiances here, no one should be fighting. Right. But Hun feels like he has to protect himself from the turtles because that's just kind of what he does. And it just kind of gets out of hand and, and, and Hob is able to calm them down, mm-hmm. you know, and then, then it goes to the more cerebral discussion right after that, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really good juxtaposition to the action that happened a few pages before, because yeah. uh, all parties here are pretty passionate about what they're trying to sell to the other party. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it makes sense that, that, um, they're on edge <laughs> and, yeah. and they're willing to just fight each other at, at any, you know, at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about the finals? The, the, like the final panels with Michelangelo, just basically crying oh alone again. Like it just, it, it just broke my heart, you know, and it's, we've never really seen a lot of that, uh, emotional weight, in consequences and dynamics and, and so on in, in the comics until IDW uh, came along. Mm-hmm. And it is wonderful. It is so great uh, to be able to 
for me to be able to read this for the first time and get all this because like I'm I'm feeling all the emotions all at once, <laughs> you know, and so yeah. it just it it hurts. But I know this is going. You've kind of hinted this is going some places, so um, it really is. It really is, and the like the reveal at the end that Bishop is is in play now. I, I love freaking love his character so much. Oh, and he, the bishop in IDW is the Chef, same. I'm not Chef kiss. Chef yeah. kiss. Well, the thing is, is on the surface he is the exact same dude that you're you know Bishop to be, but his backstory is so screwed up. Like I'm not going to give anything in a, away. In a good way or a bad way. Bizarre. It's in a very bizarre. I really dug it because it was so bizarre. I don't know if you're going to, but hey, it's, look, it's, I it's watched, weird. I watched Tokusatsu, dude. That all that stuff is weird and bizarre. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, I'm pretty see. sure I'll I'll dig it. Uh, and I I did look it up. This uh, this book is his first appearance. Wow. But do you have any nuggets before we move to the last book? Oh, uh, let's see. Well, that was a that was a major nugget right there. Uh, <laughs> two two, that was like a that was a twenty piece nugget meal for both of them. Um. Uh, let's see here. Not really. Besides those two. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then let's move on to issue 55, our grand finale, good sir. Yes. So Michelangelo, uh, or I'm sorry, issue 55, uh, Michelangelo is now on his own. He's back at the old lair where they were originally overrun by Mausers in the, you know, in the early books. It's kind of both uh, shocked that they've, you know, he's been as far as he has, but also very sad that he's alone. Reminiscing, one might say. Uh, cut to Angel and Alopex, and Alopex is, is is starting to feel the, the the effects of Kitsune's magic or her you know mysticism or whatever you want to call it, and she just is kind of out of it. She she needs a break. She needs to to, to gather herself. But right now, Alopex, the, the two of them are trying to get more information on the Street Phantoms. Mm-hmm. And specifically the, the 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 technology that's being used to for for them to phase through things, uh, they perform that task and they get the information that they need and then they leave. They 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 really don't even beat up the street phantoms. They just are there to get info. Cut to April and Casey who are having dinner with April's parents. Uh, Casey is clearly just kind of perturbed the entire time. Uh, the the conversation about the future and who's you know who's going to college and when and blah 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 and what what Casey's responsibilities are going to be just kind of rubs him the wrong way. Alopex is back at the foot headquarters, looking to you know rest. She she brings Kitsune her meal and that's when she decides you know what we're gonna really really dive into this whole I'm messing with your head thing. And Alopex is uh, you know she's trying to uh, Kitsune is really trying to influence her for negative reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, Alopex doesn't really doesn't realize this. She's really tired, and that's where we leave that off. Uh, cut back to Casey and April, who are arguing in the um, 
in the VW bus. And from there, Casey sees a guy litter. He gets out of the car and just starts beating him up because he's a lawbreaker. He didn't say that, but, you know, that's the that's basically what he's doing. April right. gets really mad because, you know, violence is always the answer for you. That can't be that, that we can't continue this stuff. And they continue to argue and then agree to take a break. Which could mean they're broken up permanently, could mean that they're on a break. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut to Burno Island, where Harold is talking to the fugitoid about, you know, some mysterious unknown thing. You know, who who is it? Who are they talking about? Uh, we'll see in the coming issues. This is kind of a teaser. Uh, not really anything we need to worry about right now. Mm-hmm. The end of the book is the three turtles, or the three other turtles, Raph, Donnie, and Leo, meeting Mikey at the old lair and bringing 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 him a pizza, uh, basically inviting him to a mission on Burno Island, saying this is not a Foot Clan thing. We just we need to get this done, and we miss hanging out with you. We miss you being part of the team. And since this isn't a Foot Clan thing, we wanted you to join us. And they share the pizza, have a grand old time, and it's to be continued. So it kind of brings an end to this whole Michelangelo's uh, a uh, a lost soul thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see where it goes when you know they come back from Burno Island. The Burno Island stuff, I believe, if I remember correctly, is the majority of the next story. Mm-hmm. So the, the the whole Foot Clan stuff is kind of put on the sh- on a shelf. Okay. Uh, if I again, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong. Uh, issue fifty-five. What'd you think? Oh man, just you know, and you know, the, the the roller coaster continues. Um, there's so much packed into this issue, but it's not you know overcrowded in any way. Um. You know, we get, you know, April and Casey drama. We get uh, Alapex stuff. And oh, I, I, I hate Katsune so much. <laughs> He's like, you, <laughs> leave my girl alone. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I always like the Angel and Alapex dynamic a lot. Like, you know, it's like, hey, that, that. I don't know if they would necessarily make it as a spinoff series. Maybe do some good micros. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, I could totally see like a four issue mini. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, what continues to be heartbreaking with the whole Mikey thing is like he's going back to the old layer that's been destroyed by Mausers. And just like, you know, I it, it gave me. Uh, you know, last Ronin vibes. You know, because oh, you're right. Yeah, the I brothers aren't there, and I was like, oh. Of course, this happened all way before. Uh, you know, any of that. Um, you know, it's like the flashback of them playing video games. I anytime you, you we we get like any type of like imagery or whatever of the turtles playing video games I'm like i'm here for all of it uh and I, I i always love 
saying that. I would have. I think. Yeah, they did that in the the 2012 when they did some of that in Rise. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I want more of that. I want to see more of that. Um, but uh, anyway, we get to see more of the uh, what was the uh, what was the, what was the 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 street gang? Uh, the street phantoms. Street phantoms. I really, really like and hate those characters. Like they would be so annoying to fight in a video game. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, just get a taser. Because they can't phase through that, maybe. We don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'm just saying. Just you know, they've got taser type, you know, weaponry. Um, but it it, it kind of harkens back to the uh, the foot tech ninjas from 2K3. Because oh, those guys were so annoying, disappearing and never all over the place. And um, but uh. It's you know, and we, you know we we and we go back to you know April and Casey and they're you know Casey's dealing with a lot of stuff, and it's not, it's it's so weird seeing them in like a normal like oh let's go eat somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like their their personalities in this like in this run are so different. Yeah, that it's like it's hard to say hmm I, I can totally see how y'all would get along it's like no they have the, the only thing they have in common is the turtles yeah so seeing their their relationship break down like mid social setting it, like it's it's not surprising at all yeah overall what i want to say about like this 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 five issue run is that all five of them feel like filler Really? Yeah, the, the, like there wasn't a big conclusion at the end of at, at at the end of it. It was just you know moving on to move on to the next part. You know. Yeah, there, I can see that. You know, it's it, it's not like oh we fixed something or oh we broke something or the, the closest thing we get to what's coming up next is the the the, uh, the bishop tease and that's not even in the fifth issue. Yeah. You know, it's I'm not going to I'm not complaining about any of the, any of this. You know, some of the action sequences seem a little forced, but when you're making a Ninja Turtles comic, you have to have some action sequences here and there. Yeah. But I I really like the time they took to develop the characters and that's what this feels like. Yeah, and it's kind of like, you know, probably the wrong word. Well, uh maybe like a slowdown or a kind of a break from, you know, these pretty big heavy moment that you know happened before these issues yeah um and kind of like dealing with the fallout because like you know in a lot of mediums and stuff you don't really deal with the fallout of stuff um uh, per se um right i mean they've done you know they they certainly did it in 2k3 um you know, here and there, and then uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a, 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 you know, a handful of other examples, uh, maybe even two. Um, but it's it's nice to see, you know, what everybody is dealing with and how everybody's handling, you know, all of this. And, and of course, the one that's that's taking, you know, the the change of events the hardest is Mikey. And of course, that that's appropriate because he's the heart of the group 
Yeah, yeah. And and like if you look at the the actual arcs overall, you know, the the, the beginning of the series was very much about Raphael not being with his brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, that that ran that was quite an arc. Yeah. Then after that, there was an ent- entire arc where Leonardo was swayed by Kitsune to, you know, join the Foot Clan. So that was a big, big art arc about Leonardo. Mm-hmm. Following that was the quote-unquote death of Donatello. Mm-hmm. So you had, you know, your, your third big turtle story is Donatello. This feels like Mikey's turn. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, of course, Raph is my, my favorite, but I completely understand Michelangelo's take on, on, on the Foot Clan stuff. And yeah. and I don't blame him for walking away. I don't blame him for for wanting to find you know a replacement family at least temporarily. I just yeah. this five issues just seemed longer than and of course five is longer than four, but it just seemed like we need to we need to land on something huge soon, or it, it's just kind of drifting. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, the, the and I calm... think the next arc does that. Right, and like, you know, the calm before the storm. That's a good way to put it, too. Yeah, because it's about to get bonkers, isn't it? Uh, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. That's all I got for issue 55. If you have anything else, now's the time. Uh, Well, there is on page... Uh, let's see. Oops, I went too far. Uh, our sponsor... Uh, of the episode, uh, if you remember from the beginning, uh, shows up. The Armacola uh, shows up on page 15. Armacola. Armacola. It's also, we're also brought to you by Rupert's Pizza. Yeah. Rupert. It's a name you don't hear often. That's true. Or Chet. It, yeah. There's not enough Chet. Yeah. In the IDW run. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, well, Jeff, what's our next segment? Next time on Shellheads. Next time, we are going to talk about the 87 cartoon. Oh, hey. Yeah, we're, we're finally making it to season five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's taken us quite a while. Uh, it'll be our 10th time talking about the 87 cartoon. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, there's like a, what, like 193 episodes, mm-hmm. uh, which at the time uh, was the reigning king of the longest running animated uh, series in the U.S. Uh, until The Simpsons beat him. Yeah, no one's ever going to beat The Simpsons. Yeah. No. It's never going to happen. Not in American cartoons or uh, American animation, period. We're going to be watching episodes 501 through 507. So if you want to watch those in advance, feel free to do so. Jeff, what are you going to be doing between now and then? I'm going to be at the Warp Zone Arcade, Sergio. Uh, Brandon, Mississippi's premier arcade, uh, where we uh, have lots of fantastic retro games and, and current titles to enjoy, um, uh, including uh, our favorite arcade machine, the Neo Geo. Um, and we also... Uh, do restoration on cartridge-based games and cartridge-based uh, systems. Make those uh, 
shine and work like new. Um, do birthday parties, uh, events, and all kinds of other stuff. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we also, uh, have a Twitch account, and so we'll be doing some live streams, um, for, uh, uh, you know, some of our featured titles and, and stuff, and, uh, probably we'll be doing some Ninja Turtle stuff, uh, at some point, so, um, I'll be probably putting, adding those links, uh, or that link to our, our Instagram and, and other stuff, so if you would, uh, like to follow us and uh tune in uh i might even be able to wrangle sergio into uh playing some online course i don't know if you have it on ps4 or not Uh, Mm, i'm not playing anything online uh of course you're not nothing (laughs) i don't even i don't even have playstation plus i tried i tried I, I, i don't play with other folks yeah you don't uh before we get out of here uh the the last thing i want to say is uh just to remind everyone, we do have our bonfire uh, campaign going. That's at bonfire.com slash store slash shellheads. Pick up uh, this nicely designed tee uh, or hoodie or sweatshirt. It's up to you. Uh, and also, if, if we start other uh, other campaigns with different looking merchandise, just follow us on Instagram to see that stuff. Uh, and if you like one, maybe visit it and buy one. Yeah, I mean, you could be, maybe. just think about how stylish you'll look and be the envy of all of your friends with uh, official Shellheads merch. That There you go. That's a good way to put it. I mean, come on. Come on. It's well, Jeff. The next fashion craze. <laughs> uh, I thank you for joining me today, and I thank everyone for listening. We are running long, so let's shut this baby down. I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff, and thank you for having me as always. And thank you for all for listening. <laughs> and we're shellheads. We are shellheads. Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.